Let's go a moment to Matthew chapter 7. It says, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Look what it says in verse 19. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So notice this, he that does. The doers. The doers are the ones that show true biblical faith um, here on this earth realm. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name we cast out devils. In thy name we've done many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. In other words, there's people out there that profess to be Christian or are doing things, quote unquote, in the name of the Lord, but God doesn't know them. But the doers, the doers, according to James uh, chapter 1 and 2, when you, talk, when, you, uh, when you read through these two chapters, you get to see how God wants a personal relationship with us, and He wants that when we hear the Word, that we activate the Word. And that's what true faith is. Faith isn't just saying, I believe, because the Bible says demons also believe, but they tremble. They're afraid. So it's not just about believing, it's about believing it and taking it to heart and activating it in your life. So what is true faith? In James chapter 2, verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if somebody says he has faith but does, but does not have works? What does it profit? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. Faith if you look at the definition of faith, it comes from the Greek word pistis, which means a persuasion. It's a conviction. It's a reliance upon Christ. But it's also a system of faith. It's, a, it's following a system of truth. It's a total assurance and a fidelity to that very process. See, so it does not only involve believing, it also involves applying a process to you. Then the word works there, because faith and works go hand in hand. The Greek word, ergon, it comes from a word that means acting it out, uh, doing it, labor. It does, there's labor involved. There's, there's energy that's involved. Uh, so we paraphrase that. It says faith is the confidence and the trust. And works is the corresponding response. It's the toil, it's the labor, the occupation of faith. The job of manifesting the confidence. It's the act or the actions of faith. So if you have faith, I'll see it in your actions. If you truly have faith in Christ, if you have believed in Christ and you truly believe, your life will manifest that. You cannot take a light and hide it under the, the, under the table or whatever it may be. You've got to place it in the center, the high center of the room, and it will automatically shine. It'll shine the entire area of the room. Your life should be shining right now. If, if nobody knows you're a Christian, you're not walking in true biblical faith. True biblical faith is a dynamic process. I'm not saying dynamic, amazing. I'm talking it's a moving process, a constantly morphing process, a growing process. And we should uh, allow God to, to partner with us, and we need to partner with God in this process. Jesus said on many occasions, your faith has made you whole. That blows me away. Because if you believe that God sovereignly does whatever He pleases, then you're going to have trouble with this. Because there are times in scriptures and even contemporary uh, expressions uh, throughout testimonies in the 1800s, 1700s, the 1900s, and even now, you see how people have partnered with God and their faith has changed and shifted situations around. Uh, one good example 
is in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, he touched their eyes. He says, according to your faith, let it be unto you. According to your faith, he said. He didn't say according to my healing power. The power was there, but their faith activated his power in their situation. So according to their faith, it was activated and they received their answer. In Matthew 15, 28, then Jesus answered to her, he says, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very moment. Wow, that blows me away. He, he, he actually saw her faith. I don't know how God sees our faith. I just know he does. I, I don't know how he gauges it. I just know he does. There are things on earth that we can gauge, but there are other things we cannot gauge. We just see the results of it later on. And when people are walking in great faith, some might look at them and say, I don't see anything yet, but you will. You will, because they will attract the very things they need by their faith. Mark chapter 5, verse 34. And he said to a daughter, your faith. In other words, he didn't say, I heal. He said, your faith has made you well. The woman with the issue of blood we're talking about. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You know, this woman just went and says, hey, if I can just touch the, the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. I've heard his word. I believe it. I, I, I'm going to act and partner with it, and I'm going to make it happen in my life. I need a miracle. I'm not going to uh, give this to anybody. I'm going to take this on myself. And she went in there, and she pushed people aside, went under, went over, whatever she had to do. 5,000 people. Have you ever been in a group of a lot of people? I mean, it's hard to move around. Have you ever been in the midst of a crowd? It's hard to get anywhere. Have you ever been in a stadium full of people? It's hard to get anywhere. Well, this woman had to just wade through and fight through 5,000 people approximately in order to just touch the hem of his garment. And as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, power went out of his body, virtue went out of his body, went into hers and healed her. And then Jesus, he's walking around and he's teaching and, and he's touching people and people are touching him. Suddenly he stopped. He, whoa, 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 who just touched me? And the disciples couldn't understand what he was talking about because they said, uh, Master, <laughs> you're thronged with people? So what do you mean, who's touching you? They're all touching you. He says, no, 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 no. I sense that virtue has come out of my body. Somebody moved and touched me with faith. Amen. And it drew power out of my body. Whoa! Amen. That's amazing that we can draw from the infinite to our circumstance, to our situation by our faith. Well, guess what? It was not just that faith that was working. I want to let you know today, there is today faith. People are receiving miracles now. People are receiving the answers now. People are getting the turnaround now. People are getting the breakthrough now. Say with me, now. See, faith is always now. Faith is always dynamic. It's alive. You need a situation. You've got faith. And God is waiting for you to release your faith to receive your miracle. He's waiting for you to release your faith to get that situation, that process started. Hallelujah. I've started in my life. I want you to get it started in your life. And as a church, it's time that we release a church-wide level of faith because God is going to get some glory. And people are going to be saved and set free and healed. I want once again that atmosphere to come alive where somebody will just walk in the church and bam, get hit by the power of God. We have to like, carry them to the altar and you know, just pray for them because they, God's all over them. And why not? God is still alive. He's always alive. The power is still available. The Spirit of God is moving all over the world. And the Spirit of God is all over you right now. He wants to touch you. He wants to move in you. And He wants to move through you. And He wants to heal you. And He wants to bless you. And He wants to turn you from neutral to attractive. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then in Mark chapter 9 verse 23 says, If you could believe, 
All things are possible to those who believe. Faith in God is so important, so important that it is impossible to please God apart from it. So in Hebrews 5, 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Amen. Well, you know, you, you listen to that. You say, well, I better have faith, otherwise I'm not going to please God. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that it's only in the place of faith that you're going to activate your gifts and produce fruit. Yes. And that's what pleases, pleases God. So when we're in faith, we start activating the actions of faith. Notice in the book of the history of the church. Who knows that? What's the name? Exactly. What is it called? Isn't that interesting? It didn't say the thoughts of the apostles. It didn't say the intentions of the apostles. It didn't say the prayers of the apostles. It said the activities of the apostles. Exactly. The actions of the apostles. Yes. I got no amens on that one. Amen. Everybody's saying, oh, you know, pastor, you're meddling now. I enjoy just being a member, just coming to church, sit down and, and, and give my tithe every once every six months, and, and, and now you're messing with me. Well, I didn't start. Brandon actually started. He started meddling with your business, you know, <laughs> with that video. But notice, it's the book of Acts. So faith is the proof that you trust and love God. This will include actions that align themselves with your trust in Him. However, trust is proven during times of testing, difficulty, and pro uh, problems. When do you know a man has faith? When do you know a woman has faith? When they go through the process. And they're going to go high and low and this and that and problems and issues and, and you're going to deal with yourself. I mean, you will go through so many things because that's the breaking. That's the, that's the place where God is taking you, breaking you open. He's breaking open the alabaster box to get the glory out. Amen. And to start breaking away the things that are no longer serve you and no longer serve your purpose and attract to you the things now that you're going to need for your future and for your destiny. True faith involves times of fighting and conquering. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Whoa, you didn't know that was in Scripture, huh? You thought your faith was a passive, nice ice cream faith. No, there's a fight, my brother. There's a fight, my sister. Say to neighbor, sorry, there's a fight that goes with this. <laughs> fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there's a fight. Agonizomai, in Spanish, agonizal means it's, it's almost agonized. It's, it's a fight that you get so deep in that you sweat, you, 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 you toil. It's to struggle, to literally compete for a prize, to contend with an adversary, to endeavor or accomplish something. But it also includes the issue of disciplining oneself. Uh, now we blew it. We threw this message out the window now because now we're talking about discipline. Yep, the word discipline comes in again. Yep, sometimes the fight is going to be with yourself. There's a discipline. There's an applying it to yourself. There's a disciplining of yourself to stay in the arena, the place, or the fight. And what about that other one uh, when it says fight? Uh, it's the agon. It's, it's a noun. It's a place where the contest takes place. Not only is there a fight of your faith, but then there are places where God's going to take you just to get you in a fight because He wants to get something out of you. He wants to take you to another level. Sometimes God will send you to the fight. 
What about Job? <laughs> Job was living his life. He was serving God. He used to do his uh, sacrifices every day. Not only did he sacrifice for himself and his wife, but for his children. I mean, this man was a godly man. And, and suddenly, there's a scenario unbeknownst to him where God is speaking with Satan. And Satan is, uh, you know, and, and God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He's just God-fearing, choose evil. And, and, the, and Satan goes, of course, you got him covered. You got him blessed. You take away that stuff from him, he'll curse you to your face. And God said, well, take it away. God had so much trust in this man that he knew that if he were to suddenly go through situations and scenarios, that he was innocent enough for crying out loud, that he would still stand and still worship God and still stand in faith. But he didn't know that he was going through it, though. You see, the point is, there are times you don't know why you're going through a situation. You don't know why you're going through scenarios, but God is saying, it's all right. I trust my son. I trust my daughter. Oh, my God, give me, give me, I mean, you got, you're the only one here, you got to give me five. Oh, you're, you're here, too. give me five, give me five, give me five. I'm serious, because there were times I'd be going to scenarios and situations, and I'm saying, what in the world's going on? I didn't even, I didn't even want this. I didn't look for it, for crying out loud. And so, but it came to me. And God is saying, he's, me, he's smiling in heaven, says, watch my son, how he's going to respond. But meanwhile, I don't even know. So he trusts us so much. He, and he's saying, watch what's going to come out now also. Meanwhile, we're going through our story. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I thought you loved me. I thought you were on my side. <laughs> and God said, I am. You watch what's going to happen in a week or two or a month or two or six months or two, whatever. Whatever it might be. But then when you come out of it, you come out of shining gold. You come out of it with a stronger faith. You come out of it with, with, you know, some power behind you and more confidence, more pep in your step. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The fight is for your faith. The enemy would try to separate you from your faith. He hates your faith in God. He does. He, he does not like that because it's faith that acquires everything for the purposes that you're called to. So I praise God for the faith that God's given me. So let me paraphrase it. Discipline yourself and strive fervently to stay in the place and in the assembly of faith. See, you need to stay in your place of faith and you need to stay in the place where you're called to be. Because God is forming you and he's forming the assembly because it's not about you. It's a bigger picture. God connects you to his bigger picture. There's some part that you need to play, but you need to understand that as you're connected to the larger place, you know, God's going to get glory in your life. And, and God's going to work in you and through you mightily. Hallelujah. But in Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Proverbs 24.10, if you are, or rather it says Proverbs 24.10 in the Living Bible, you're a poor specimen if you can't stand the pressure of adversity. That's ouch. That's an ouch one. Yeah, that's ouch. But yeah, we all go through that. Every single one of you. All, all of the disciples went through it. Every single one of them. They all uh, you know, ran away from Jesus. They all denied Jesus. Every single one of them. It wasn't just Peter. Because they didn't understand the process. But when they, they came out to the other side of the process, they realized that God loved them, that Jesus loved them, that, that, and there was something that God was working in them. A good example, when, when God boasted on Job's faith, the devil tested the trust. And what happened was, he got boils in his body. He lost family. He lost all his property. He lost all his money. Guy was a millionaire and he lost it all. And he's there sitting, scratching his body because he's full of 
boils and sores, scratchy boils and sores. And his friends come to him and now start criticizing. Yep, something must be wrong with you. You must be sinning somewhere. Because that wouldn't happen to a righteous man. These guys, instead of going, you know, ay bendito, dejo moral por ti, let me pray for you. I love you, I'm going to stand with you. They start to go, yep, you must be sinning somewhere. Because that's not going to happen to a righteous man. I mean, amazing. Friends like that? Do I need friends like that? And then at the end, God speaks to Job, reveals himself to Job, restores Job, gives him double, and then tells the guys, by the way, if Job doesn't pray for you, you're in trouble. Can you talk about vindication? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I got some people I want God to talk to right just about now. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, God won't speak to them that way, but, but they'll just see your life. And they're going, yeah, he's just lucky. He's just lucky, that's all. No, I've been through the process. Amen. Say to your neighbor, I've been through the process. Amen. I'm coming out shining as gold. And, and, and so now you're a little jealous because you thought I was going down. And I'm still standing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Better than ever. Hallelujah. I'm, you you, you got to calm me down. Oh, I'm excited about my faith. I'm excited about what where God's doing in my life. I'm excited what God's doing. Look at this church, man. I'm excited about this church. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what God is doing. Man, we're just getting started. Man, if there was more space here, I'd run a little. Hallelujah. I got to get rid of some of this. All right, all right, okay. I have to do something. Crying out loud. <laughs> Amen. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So our faith. Say to your neighbor, our faith overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Clearly says that it's our faith that overcomes. I love it. Amen. Who has faith here? Amen. Who's releasing their faith in the year 2011? Letting it become all it needs to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Some godly examples. You got uh, Noah. He operated in overcoming faith. In Hebrews 11.8, it says by, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11.7, by faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, he moved with godly fear. Notice, he moved. Say to your neighbor, he moved. See, when, when God speaks a word, we move upon that word. See, it's, 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 it's no such thing as a static faith. It's a moving faith. Abraham, Hebrews 11.8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place, which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. But he obeyed. And the, by obeying means he took his family, packed everything in boxes, or maybe in camels. At that time, I don't think they had boxes. And they moved because God told them to move. Hebrews 11, 28 and 29, Moses, by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn would touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as if by dry land, whereas Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Moses did that by faith. Also, um, what about the walls of Jericho uh, and Rahab? Rahab you know, she was living in Jericho and they had heard that Israel was on his way and that God was doing amazing things and, and these people were mowing down every city. <clears throat> God was with Israel and, and Jericho was, Jericho's days were numbered. 
So Rahab said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, man. Let me tell you, something, something's got to happen. Then suddenly spies came in from the camp. They needed to look to see. God had sent them in there so they could see the fruit of the land, the buildings and everything else. And, and Rahab says, you know, I'm going to do something here. He said, guys, I believe you're in your God. Well, you're in trouble here. I'm going to hide you guys. And I'm going to tell you how you can escape. Once you do your, your reconnaissance, you come here, I'm going to hide you. And she did. She hid them. And, and uh, the, the soldiers came looking, didn't find them. She says, now I'm going to lower you down the back window. They won't see you, and then you can run away from there. But make me a promise. When you guys come in and take over this land, I mean, she believed the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was in charge, and he was shifting the ownership of that land. And she says, you, you, you pray to God and you tell your leaders to protect me and my family. He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Put a scarlet... A, row, a scarlet something, maybe a piece of furniture, not furniture, but fabric or something, as it were. Mm -hmm. And when we see that, we won't touch your house. That's right. mm -hmm. Okay, it's interesting it was red, symbolic yes. of the blood, right? Yes. So she puts the scarlet, uh, scarlet, whatever it was, maybe it was a piece of uh, clothing or maybe, maybe a, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it was. We don't know what it was. Yeah, it's a scarlet something. But when, when they came in, they took over the whole place and they went, See the scarlet? Don't touch the family in there. She was saved by her Amen. actions Amen. and her faith. Amen. Actions and faith go hand in hand. Amen. So, and then, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, John 9, 4 and 5. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And notice he says, I'm working while I can. I am working the works of him that sent me. Then he says, I'm the light of the world. Notice how light and work are connected. When we work it, we are exposing it. We're showing it. We're manifesting it. After all, isn't a turned on light bulb work? What do you mean? Huh? No, let's say you turn on a 100, light, 100 watt light bulb. It's pretty bright, right? But isn't that work? Why is it work? Turning what on? How do you turn on the light? The energy and the thing. Engineer Lourdes has shared with us. There you go. It's the energy and the thing. When you, when, when you flip the switch, you're actually helping to produce a current. So there's a lot of work within those wires. There's heat. There's, there's friction. The thing is moving in the thing with the light. The other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that most eloquent explanation. I am in awe of your explanation. Okay. <laughs> no, think about it. When you turn on a light bulb, there's a lot of work that goes into that. But Jesus said, as long as I'm here in my earthly ministry, I will work the works that my Father sent me to do. And then he said, I'm the light of the world. So as we're working our work, as we're being who God called us to be, we're shining the light of potential on a future, uh, of the future of the people that we're ministering to. We're showing them the potential of them connected to Jesus, them connected to their purpose. So it's very important that we light our surroundings, light our communities, light in the workplace. Let your light shine. Say to your neighbor, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Jesus is our example. 
And his example helps us not to grow weary during the trials. Because as we're working our faith, we're going to go through trials because it's a fight. The enemy will come at us, try to stop us. Why? Because he doesn't want us sharing our faith. He doesn't want us ministering to others. He doesn't want us to do any of that. He wants to shut us down. Because if he shuts us down, then no, they won't get the gospel of Christ. You know, it's a very dangerous thing for a Christian. I mean, for his kingdom, that is. Christian to, a Christian to be turned on for God and to be operating in his faith, his or her faith, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief. And he's also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and, ignorant, and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, he went to that cross in faith, knowing that his action would produce sons and daughters, knowing that you and I would one day believe in him, knowing that we would go through that sacrifice and, and the Father would see us as he sees Jesus. Wow. So he knew that. While he was on the cross, he was thinking of you and me, the church across the street, church down the road, church in Japan, church in South and Central America. He saw all of us in that one fell swoop, that, that short period of time. He's on that cross. He saw all of us. And he endured it. He didn't enjoy that process. He endured it for you and for me. So just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. So that you may not grow weary or exhausted. In other words, consider what he went through so that you won't grow weary or exhausted. Losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. So when you're going through it, think about what Jesus went through for you. So it won't cause you to grow weary. Because sometimes we think we're all alone. Sometimes we think we're the only ones that are going through this. No, we're all going through it. Our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world are going through this. And not for nothing. Maybe we lost a job. But what about the person in Japan that just finished seeing the house being wiped away with, by a tsunami? Yeah. You know, there are levels of crisis here. So suddenly I look at my crisis. I say, you know, I'll go through a little unemployment for a season. I'll get myself hooked up again. God will open up a door if a door closes. That's all. Amen. He'll open up seven doors for me. So, so what I'm going to, I have to temper that thing. Uh, and I say, you know, people go through crises. This crisis I've got to consider, you know. What Jesus went through. When my brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a pastor in, in China that got arrested. He's in prison right now. Why? Just because he's a pastor. Because yes. he's doing what I'm doing. So I have to temper what I go through by saying, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ are going through it. Many of them much worse than I am. So let me stop the nye, nye, nye. Say that with me quick. Nye, nye, nye. You know you know what that means? I think that's universal language. I don't think it's exclusively Spanish. I think it talks in every language. Universal translator thing. No, no, listen. We all want to go before the Father as children. Oh, God, you know, why? How long? And sometimes God's saying, I, I, I got you through a process. Hold on. Stand strong. Or, or God's boasting on you because people are watching because... They see you as an example. Uh oh. And God's just allowing you to go through a momentary time so He can teach them. See, this is how they, this is how we do it. So we need to stand because we don't know who's watching. We have younger brothers and sisters that are watching us. 
So don't lose heart. Don't relax. Don't faint in your minds. Are we building our house, our future, our destiny? Are we building our eternity on the rock? Or are we building on the sand? Anyone who listens to my teachings and obeys me. Notice, it's not just listen. It's not just hearing. It's not just saying, I have faith. It's not just saying, I believe in Jesus. Who listens to my teaching and obeys me is a wise, or rather is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat up against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the rock. But anyone who hears my teachings and ignores it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand when the rains and the flood come and the winds beat against the house and it will fall with a mighty crash. So our faith is a very dynamic system, a process. It's very powerful. Hallelujah. It's confidence in God, in His ability. It's confidence in who He made me to be. Amen. I'm no longer going to belittle myself just because Joe Blow 10 years ago told me I was worthless. I don't care what people say about me. I care what God says about me. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I'm a child of the King. I'm a prince. I'm a prince. Well, I'm not a princess. You're a princess. I'm a prince. I'm a king. You're a princess and a queen. You know? But we're royalty. You understand where I'm coming from? And that's how we have to walk. That's how we have to act. And that's how we have to believe. Amen. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, any little thing is going to take us off. But this is not the season to be silent. It's not the season to be static. It's not the season to, to, to be... Um, I guess neutral? No, this is the season to engage.